Good morning. I'm so glad to be here with you. Welcome to our online congregation as well. We're so glad that you're here. You are part of our family, and we're grateful that you worship here with us. Well, one question for everybody. Do you? Come on, show me. Do you? Yeah? For those of you that are wondering what gray squares and green squares and gold squares are all about, this is the Daily Wordle. And if you haven't tried it, you need to try it. It will change your life. <laughs> Let me give you a little hint from personal experience. It is possible to complete the Wordle and not post your results on social media. Just letting you know that that can be done. And then now there's all the other ones. What, what is it you do on a daily basis? Maybe it's not the Wordle. Maybe you do Sudoku. Maybe you are a knitter or golfing or cooking or any of a number of different things that you do regularly with discipline, with the intent of getting better at it. Because those things begin to shape you. Even the wordle shapes your mind and shapes your vocabulary and helps you to improve in that. What do you do daily with a commitment to get better. Today is about that commitment, about the choices that you make. Some choices are monumental. Which path you take is going to lead you to an entirely different place. Some choices are monumental like blue pill, red pill, right? But a lot of choices aren't quite that monumental. A lot of choices are just kind of daily choices that over time shape you and mold you into who you are. We are in starting the third month of our series on quest on exploring God's word together. In January, we looked at God's promises, his covenant with the, with the patriarchs to establish their identity. And in February, we studied freedom the exodus of God's people coming out of Egypt and wandering in the wilderness, leading to the point that they are about to enter the promised land. Now in March, with the theme of home, we will see the Israelites go into the promised land and establish it again as their home. Your readings for this week are going to be from the book of Joshua, from the start where the Israelites cross over into the land, the conquest of that land because there's foreigners living there. You'll read the story of their surrounding Jericho until the walls come a-tumbling down into Ai where they're defeated because of disobedience and back into Ai where they take the land. That conquest of Israel takes seven years before it's finally their home. And then they divide the land up among the tribes of Israel. And then at the very end, the leader who has taken them through all that, a man named Joshua, the very end of that, they're at home, they've taken the land, and Joshua teaches them, preaches. And in that message, he says this. He says, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods that your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose 
Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. You know, it's interesting, last week at the end of Deuteronomy, um, Moses preaches a sermon before they cross in, and he says, choose. I set before you blessing and curses, life and death. Choose life. And Rich preached on that last week. Now they're in the land. They've established it. And again, the sermon comes. The message comes. Choose. Choose who you will serve. We hear Joshua's call to return and to choose righteousness. We hear his message to them, but we hear that message as a call to us also. To choose righteousness to live not for ourselves, but for Jesus Christ. And we have to learn what the choices are to follow that commitment and learn how to do it in a world that doesn't hear that call and doesn't value that. We have choices every single day. So let's take a look here. Let's, let me start by talking a little bit about worldview. The German is Weltanschauung. Please, those of you that speak German, forgive me for that pronunciation. But a worldview, is a, it's a comprehensive conception or understanding of the world. It's the shared principles of a society. It's the vision of life that they presuppose. It's kind of like a personal philosophy, but it's much deeper than that. It's the shared values that are rooted in their, the, the community. And so what is the narrative? What's the narrative that they tell? How do they view life and see life? A number of years ago, Bella and others published a book called Habits of the Heart, and they said there's just kind of basically four worldviews. Number one is utilitarianism. Everybody makes choices. They do a cost-benefit analysis. And the worldview that says, choose what's going to give to you the greatest return for the amount of energy you put into it. Your portfolio is based on that worldview. Secondly is the worldview of human potential. That we make choices and the narrative of our lives is about becoming better and improving and, and getting stronger and becoming all that we were meant to be able to be. And thirdly, there's the worldview of being a good citizen. I don't think here in terms of like being an American, but in terms of being a good citizen in, in society, in the, in the world of, of functioning carefully and, and lovingly in the world. I think of my grandparents. My grandparents were Mennonites in central Kansas, and everything revolved around the community and what was right and best for the community. And then finally, there's biblical Christianity following and belonging to Jesus Christ as the center of your life. And that is the narrative. So which lenses do you put on and how do you view the world? Because it forms your narrative and it forms the way you do things. The problem is, is that people often practice one, two, or three thinking that it's four, thinking that they're being biblical Christians. So what is a Christian worldview? It's based on the Bible. It has to be based on the Bible. That's why we're reading the Bible together. All the way back in Genesis, we're taught that God created and that it was good, but that human sin entered the picture and destroyed that relationship. 
And we read the story of an active, loving, sovereign God redeeming his people. Of God being at work to redeem and save his people. It's an important worldview, folks, of knowing a God that's not distant, but that is personally involved. And God's ultimate act of goodness comes at the cross in the death of Jesus and in the resurrection of Jesus that's, that's forever changed and shaped. And even beyond that, that God sends his Holy Spirit to give us wisdom, to make choices, and to guide us to follow him, to choose him every day. Those are the glasses that we put on to view the world. That's the narrative story of a Christian worldview, and it's exactly what Joshua was saying. Now, it was centuries before Christ, but the message is the same. Choose. Are you going to follow the gods of the world? Are you going to follow the gods of the culture? Or are you going to choose to follow the God of the universe? It is a daily choice, a daily habit. What are the implications of that worldview? Well, there is a, a personal responsibility. There's an accountability to, to choose a life that's centered in Christ and how I live and how I respond to that. But there's also a corporate responsibility an us responsibility. You know, one of the things that I think is most true about the North American church is that it's very individualistic. It's all about me and Jesus. And, and don't get me wrong, that's an important piece. I can't become a Christian for you, and you can't do it for your family. It's an, it's an individual choice, but we've lost this sense of corporate We've lost this sense of what it means to be the body of Christ, where decisions are made based on the body, based on what God has for us. And it's so important to remember that the personal responsibility and the corporate responsibility of living out a biblical worldview, they can't be separated. So when Joshua comes and he says, choose, choose for you and choose for us. Serving one another and pursuing justice for the oppressed and offering compassion to people who are struggling. Those are the values of the kingdom because everything in life, everything in life belongs to a sovereign God. Everything in life is given to him and under his care, these are the glasses, the view through which we make sense of life and it has meaning. Will you choose that view? You know, I think the hardest part of making that choice, of, of, of choosing that view, is that it's a daily discipline. I gave my life to Christ years ago as a young man. 
That was then. I have to choose it again every single day. Every single day, I have to choose again. Now, that doesn't mean that, that my salvation is in question. My salvation is secured at the cross, and I've accepted that. But every single day, I have to choose whether I'm going to follow the gods of this world or have a worldview of biblical Christianity where all belongs to God and I'm under his sovereign lordship and I trust his Holy Spirit to guide me and lead me. Well, how do we live in a world that does not value this view? My friend John Partridge writes, and he says, 20 centuries ago, the temptation was for people to put their faith and their confidence in Caesar, or the emperor, or the national governments, or powerful armies, or wealthy patrons, or money, or false gods. And although the names of the politicians, nations, and false gods may have changed, the things that tempt people away from God really haven't changed that much. We live in a world that is set on pulling us away from God, on pulling us away from our relationship with Him. So we recognize that we live in a fallen world. We recognize our alienation from God. We recognize that the kingdom, while here, is not yet complete. And so there is this temporal peace for you and for me that we must engage in the world. We are called to be holy change agents. How do we live in the world is by making the choices to be the holy change agents that seek the values of the kingdom for our family and for our neighbors and for our school and for our co-workers to join Christ daily in the restoration of all things, of choosing that, of choosing what he has and where he leads. You know, think with me here for just a minute. The Bible often uses the image of a race to talk about our faith. Now, that image is in Hebrews chapter 12. Paul um, talks about that in 1 Corinthians about running a race. So if this is a race, then the finish line doesn't come until the day I die, until the day that I come to meet Jesus face to face. And if that's the case, then I'm still in the race, Right? I'm still, it's, I, I'm not done and over. It's not like, oh, well, I chose Jesus. Good, it's all done. I am still in that race, and it won't be done until I get there. And that calls me to make those daily choices to serve and to follow. One of the great all-time Christians is a man named Brother Lawrence, who wrote a book on practicing the presence of God. And he says this, he says, we can't avoid the dangers and the reefs of which this life is full. We can't avoid it without the real and constant help of God. So let us ask him for it without ceasing. But how can we ask him without being with him? 
And how can we be with him without often thinking of him? And how can we often think of him without forming a holy habit of doing so? Of making the daily choice to be with him, to spend time with him, to learn from him, to learn from his word, of creating that habit, that daily habit. It is a it is a process of daily choosing, of daily choices. Ephesians, in Ephesians, Paul talks about that we put off the old and put on the new. And, and the Greek there literally is taking off a garment and putting on a garment. That didn't happen naturally, folks. Giving your life to Christ does not automatically take off the old. You have to choose to let him take it off. And putting on the new doesn't happen naturally. You have to choose. And it's a daily choice. It's this ongoing daily choice. It's a conscious decision to pursue it. We have to choose and stick with that training. So the habits of spiritual formation. So I want to invite you to come and join us Thursday night. Jennifer Batka and I are going to be leading a process with some spiritual disciplines, disciplines of, of um, Lectio Divina, where we're just engaging in reflection with Scripture. We're going to spend some time in silence. That makes a lot of people fairly uncomfortable, but how will we hear God speak unless we're quiet? So sign up. Come along. It's a Lent season where we're preparing for the celebration, for remembering the crucifixion and celebrating the resurrection. Come and join us for some spiritual practice that might help to put you in that daily choice of following him. Becoming a disciple is a lifelong process. It's something we do every single day. And here's the thing. Every single decision, every single action, every single word does it take me a little bit closer to Christ? Or does it take me a little bit further away from Christ? Every word, every action, every day, a little bit closer or a little bit further away. And here's the thing. Eh, that one just took me a little bit further away. But over time, the accumulation of that little bit and little bit and little bit and little bit takes you really far away from him. But the daily words and actions a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit over time brings you right into the presence where you hear the heartbeat of God. Each day, each moment, His will, His way, or my will, my way. It's choice. J.C. Ryle is a 19th century Anglican clergyman, and he wrote this. When I speak of growing in grace, I mean simply this, that a person's sense of sin is becoming deeper, his faith stronger, his hope brighter, his love more extensive, his spiritual mindedness more marked. He feels more of it 
in his life. That's Joshua's call. Choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites or the gods of American politics or the gods of money, choose who you will serve. And Joshua says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's a call to faithfulness. It's a call to obedience. It's a call to placing God first and letting your life be built around him instead of trying to build your life and then see how he might fit into it. It's him at the center of all we do. I accept Christ not just one time. I choose to accept him daily. So what do you do every single day? Do you wordle? What will you do? What new discipline or new practice or new intention might you follow during this Lenten season that's part of choosing to pursue the kingdom. Let's pray together. God, send your Holy Spirit. Speak to us your truth. Show us your way. Help us choose. Help us choose today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and next week and next month and next year. Help us choose. for your honor and for your sake and all for your glory. Amen.